The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between, and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life, sometimes it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I am Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers. Writers and much more, as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. And tonight, you know, we're going to talk about some very interesting things with a very interesting lady friend of mine. But I like to start out with. My lesson, my lesson that I learned from theater, and that lesson that I learned comes from the theme appearance versus reality. The first time I heard that theme, appearance versus reality, I was in an English literature class, and when I did start doing theater, that theme came out very clearly. You know, when you watch a story or when you read it, the, the whole business of dramatic irony comes out at you. The audience knows something, but the person, the characters in the story, don't know. And it's a, a very, very suspenseful thing and sometimes scary thing. But what that taught me in life is that not everything that you see is real, and not every role I play. Is who I am. Interesting. And I've taken that with me in theatre, and taken that that with me in life. Not every role that I play defines who I really am. Is really who I am. And sometimes the roles that we play in life, people see us. Sometimes people judge us. Sometimes people think people don't know anything about us. And so this is why I did this show. I wanted to allow persons to see a different side of people and of life, and to recognize and to understand life. That sometimes we play roles in real life, and we have no idea why we're doing some of these things. We don't like playing some of these roles, but the lessons that we learn from them. That is where the true value of living that truth or that role comes from. So I want to welcome you tonight to Lights, Camera, Real Life, and I do not want to spend too much time chatting about every other thing except with my guest. My guest this evening, we're not gonna tell her who she be is because more of content for come on first and then we can tell about her. And I think she's here, so let me invite my guest to the platform. So, so she's gonna come on and she's gonna do her thing. I'm so excited. Aya. Hi, Philip. Aya. <laughs> What's hey, my love. Oh, it's so good to see you, even virtually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, don't. You look <laughs> fabulous as usual, like oh, the glamour girl that you are. Hear you. <laughs> so, I, so, so I made so, my coffee to join I, you. Oh, nice! And you know, I have my little glass of wine here, ready to oh, get down with you. Good. I joke. A grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better. <laughs> Not true. So welcome, guys. Welcome to my get. Welcome to my friends here online. That looks like uh, Javid uh, Mario. That looks okay. Nice. And and I'm sure some of my 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 guests, Malin's guests, are going to be on as well. Not true. I hope so. I post it. You know, we'll yeah. see. 
They're gonna need the support tonight. A lot of but, persons um, like uh-huh. I miss I miss some of your lives too, you know. But it's good to watch them afterward if you put them up, you know. So if somebody can't catch it, they can view it later. Yeah, yeah. all of them are up. All of them are right. up since we've been doing them. All of them are up. Right. So I want to get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> me put one me put one introduction here for you, know, mailing. So me want I want well, you give me the opportunity to read it. Of course, of course. My guest this evening, ladies and gentlemen, is Malin Lowe. She describes herself as a multidisciplinary artist. Hmm. If you never know that, I bet to all of you never know that. She thinks that she does one-dimensional Hollande. She studied at the Africa, the American, sorry, Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yes, and she also went to Immaculate High School. Yeah. That I want to hear lots about. And I also learned later on that she attended Priory High School. Some of you may not know that because it's no longer around. Right. But not to worry, Malin is here. I describe her. I describe her as an artist of commendable discipline and a stickler for detail. A trusted friend who exudes calm and decorum. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome my guest, actress, television and stage actress, Maylin Lowe. Thank you for that <laughs> gracious introduction. My goodness. <laughs> You're so formal. <laughs> Thank you, my goodness. <laughs> Look here, if I met the people them know, you know, if I met the people them know. Okay. Right. Hi, right. Anne Marie. Oh, and who is that? Rayon, my friend. Good night. Good night. Oh, my goodness. Good to see you all. Good to see you all. Melin, so here we go. Um, yeah. You could be somebody that's described as a Jamaican Chinese. Most of Jamaicans probably say you call it a Jamaican Chinese or Black Chinese. But that is far from the truth. Could you oh. please let them know? Uh, your family background is is, is interesting right. and I, I would love you to just share a little bit about that this is your beginnings now right well you know um i will say before i even get into that that i've always had an issue with um being called a chinese or right. Chin, um, right. uh, the way um, another uh, minority or an- someone of another race uh, would feel by a slang, you know, um, or something that's derogatory. And uh, so growing up in Jamaica, you have to live with that. Um, and also, uh, I, I, personally, I, I um, just find uh, the, the race, the entire race itself, um, perhaps least interesting to me because uh, I have it in my ancestry I don't know but um, my background is um, not as complicated as you would think my mom is half Chinese half white and my dad is half Chinese half Spanish and his mother was from Cuba and she was dark I believe she was black so um, I have everything in me, I guess, except Indian, and that would make the majority of me Chinese. But um, I don't uh, exaggerate that or um, play on that geisha thing or, uh, or right like stereotype. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> is, is, it, is it something that affects the way how you relate to people? Uh, no. No, um, luckily, um, as a Jamaican, um, it's been pretty easy. I mean, if I were growing up in the United States, uh, which is actually somewhere that I experienced serious racism. um, I I was married when I was 18, and I remember my first husband used to call me his little nigger. And um, Yeah, because I was Jamaican. What was your husband? He was white, 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 snow white, blue eyed Aryan, you know. Um, but uh, so in Jamaica, it's been pretty easy. Um, uh, we are uh, mixed and um, majority of Jamaica is, I would say, 70 percent black. But um, 
it's never been um, a racial issue here. It's more been a class class issue right. uh, from my experience. So um, I've always been very happy here and comfortable here. Um, it's only when I travel and venture out into the real world that they remind me, you know, what they think I am and that sort of thing. You said you were married at 18, but let me let me know. Let me know. Yeah. No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I mean, you got far too fast. I'm going too fast. Me can't manage your right now. Me want to go back to... Because, I mean, you went to Immaculate. So what age did you leave Immaculate? Um, I left Immaculate at 16. Okay. Okay. Someone, la- someone is right. asking in the thread, what would I tick... Um, if I have to travel or in that race box, and I would take other. And a lot of people want to hear a lot about you, but I want to, first of all, talk a little bit about Immaculate. Okay. Uh, my, one of the guests that I had on earlier said, you know, being black and uh, being at, at Immaculate was yeah. a whole different experience at the time when she was. Can you right. let us know what was Immaculate like for you? My experience of Immaculate is actually not a very rosy one. Really? Um, Yeah, well, I mean, I went to prep and high school. I followed suit. I'm the last of five girls, so all my sisters went there. And uh, it's Catholic and uh, very restricting. And, uh, you know, you're taught religious studies. And if you have a Catholic background, which unfortunately I do, um, you would have to take an extra course called CLE, which is Christian Life Education. Uh-huh. I mean, these things are absolutely ridiculous and impertinent, uh, you know, but this is what I had to go through. And also, I remember growing up, I was a very strange individual. I'm not, uh, I wasn't as sociable as I am now. I was kind of a loner. I mean, I had friends. Uh, I wasn't considered one of the popular girls because I sort of bloomed late in life. A lot of girls were, you know, using tampons and having sex and they know about all that kind of stuff and I didn't. I was very straight-laced, virginal, academic. Um, I was an altar server at church. I would read. I was a lector. Um, Not nerdy in the book sense, but I kept to myself. I was very private. Um, And yeah, so not like I am now. The girl who yeah. you, the girl who was at Immaculate, do you recognize her now or is she is she gone? Um, I recognize her. Uh, and I I think um, I was kind of searching for my 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 kind. Um, so I didn't really latch on to anyone in particular. Yeah. But I will I will admit something that I've realized now in life. Right. Um, that uh, there were girls that tried very much to be, um, excuse me, close friends with me at school. And I remember always thinking that romantic uh, relationships and um, romantic love was more important than platonic friendships and platonic love. So I really had no time for friends or who wanted to be my bestie or hanging out. I was not that kind of girl. and uh, I had to unlearn that and realize how important it is to have friends, what friendship is, how much we need one another as people, um, mm-hmm. not just for romantic reasons. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I look back at my youth um, and uh, I mean, I don't see it as missed opportunities, but um, I, I have a nostalgia in that there are a lot of women who I'm still friends with now that um, really pulled me close to them and they've all said the same thing you know it was you right that kind of ended a friendship or backed away and it always is me um i think i just didn't understand or just thought it irrelevant mm-hmm. not important yeah so you're the yeah. last child out of how many yes five five girls oh, yeah five no girls. brothers all girls no brothers no, brothers. no. Mm-hmm. women so... without men so let me ask you a question now. <laughs> I wonder what prompted you to get married at 18? Uh, well, there we go. Um, probably being drilled to believe that um, this is what you ought to do. This is the I way. See. I um, see. This is the norm. You know, my yes. parents and being Catholic a, and being that, yeah. Catholic and colonial and um, all of these things that I have unlearned and rinsed myself of. Um, 
it was the thing to do and so I mean I did it before others because I could and I actually got married twice I got married at 18 that didn't last very long and then I got married again when I was 23 for six years so, um, and, and I don't knock it like I mean I'd get married again marriage is a fun thing I just um, I don't know how long I can last <laughs> <laughs> But it is very nice. You, you, you sound, you sound nice. almost like Elizabeth Taylor you know, when you say, boy, you know, you've lived so many lives, so, so many lives. You know, oh my God. <laughs> That's actually a theme for me, you know, Philip, because I have wonderful, um, well, to me, um, uh, stories or uh, things I would like to share and execute. And I fear that I don't have enough time to execute my ideas or to live the lives I want to live. Yeah. I have to sort of dedicate a decade to this and a decade to that and a decade to this. I'm very um, curious about the human condition. <laughs> this leads me to a question that I have for you. I, I was reading this about this particular actor. She, I think she was a an actor, American actor, as well as an uh, American teach, acting teacher, Stella Adler. And she oh, said... Oh, yes. She's my favorite. Oh, really? You know that, don't you? No, you don't know? No, you have nev we have never spoken about that. Philip, um, the two times I taught at AISK, it was all Stella Adler. That's oh. all I talked about backstage. Well, this yeah, is man. a spirit of more, darling. A spirit of more. Tell me what you... Tell me the quote. So the quote is... Uh, uh, and I found this very interesting because I am, as, as you said a while ago, that you know you like the, you 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 focus on the condition of the human mind. The 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 most the quote is the most important thing. Thing the actor, the actor has, has to, to control is his, is mind. his mind. Yes, yes that's it. <laughs> I want to hear how you look at that, in, not in terms of acting, but in terms of. The mind and, and, and how we live our lives, you know, processing what we go through. Um, I think it's very important for any artist to be a constant observer, a constant observer of things, um, listening, listening to blood, listening to what is not said and uh, that curiosity, that constant um, seeking uh, is what makes good work. So, of course, the more experience you have or the more curious you are, or the more you read, the more you live, the more you, uh, you know, I don't want to sound extreme, but um, go for it and not be filled with fear, um, is the more lush your creative work will be. Acting for me, you know, Philip, is, um, is something I kind of got stuck in. It's like uh, you have to be careful, you know, when I was little, I said I wanted to be an actress and I'm an actress and then I think I don't know I mean there's so many things I also want to be and do Married. nothing to do with <laughs> no, no actually I, I'm so good at romantic love that I don't need to um, I can put a pause on it and work on other areas of my life yes but um, I'm very interested in writing and uh, something I've always done so I've been using the COVID time off stage to dive into a lot of that excellent Excellent. Yeah. I am dying to hear some of those things because you know what? One of the things that you, one of the ways in you impacted me is through your words. Whenever we are preparing for a role or something, just the words that you speak before we go on stage and while oh, we're preparing for the it's always been motivating to me. Always been motivating. That. To me. I have a yes, question for you. you. Yes. I have a question for you. So, was there ever a role that you played? which was all too reflective of your real life. Andrew says, oh. was there a role that you played which was all too reflective of your real life? Oh yes, very much. Um, I did a play once called Vibes with uh, Patrick Brown and Jambies and Camille Davis was the lead. She played Dimples and Carl Williams played my husband. And it was about a couple who employ a helper and the husband starts to have romantic relations with the helper. Now, this has nothing to do with my personal life, but I took it really, really hard. Um, I believe I was going through something at that time in my life, and uh, I remember I couldn't get out of character at the end of the show. Um, Carl would say to me, the play is over, 
it's done and I would just be weeping 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 backstage and that's actually the last time Philip that I uh use Stanislavski in my work I um I don't do that and I don't believe that uh I think we misunderstand Stanislavski you know uh he never wanted you to be suffering and tortured um actors are miserable that use that um it's been very misunderstood so mm. uh like like adler i um rather other techniques for my work which have been so rewarding and fulfilling and uh, my best work has actually not been um method mm. ladies and vibe. gentlemen ladies and gentlemen my my friends i we are talking to Maylin Maylin Low she is a multidisciplinary artist and she just said a while ago along with being an actress you know she's getting into writing which i am so dying to hear and to see some of those literature that she was going she's going to pen on paper Maylin you said something a while ago about living without fear yeah you clearly have demonstrated that getting married at 18 getting married at 20 what 20 23 23 yes 23 yes and then you went and did a play with Shabada coming yeah. out of your com- comfort zone i mean you just spoke spoke yeah. about Stanislavski Stanislavski and Shabada not that class <laughs> you see <laughs> that's, that's it, it that's it how i did have you, to how did you do that and and first of all i want to i want to tell, tell you i have a lot of respect for you doing that but what was that experience for you because most people would see that as uptown trying to play downtown um and you know i wanted to do roots theater i'm a jamaican i'm entitled to know what roots theater is and i'm entitled to i'm an actress so i'm in, i think that um who want vex vex and uh, it was a a a wonderful introduction to roots shibata is brilliant in uh improv spur of the moment he's very clever and well, the guys yeah. it says shabada is brilliant okay shabada big up yourself <laughs> he's very clever and he was only very kind to me he took me under his wing which he had to do because my patois is very bad so he took me down to franklin town and um made me spend time with him in the ghetto to see ghetto life and uh i think the only reason i got away with that kind of role was because i was actually playing an imposter in the ghetto you know um so and it was just fun to do philip i i i went through some rough times you know there were times when people would throw garbage on stage and 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 cuss you out and so uh, it it's not like mainstream theater at all it's very audience interactive so that was new you know but no man i did like almost 200 shows with them it was very successful get out yeah get yeah. out 2010 yeah There's a lot to learn from from one another, you know? Yes, what did you yeah. take from that experience? Um you including know, being in the ghetto. Well, it grounded me so much. It really grounded me so much and um I think it just filled me with so much gratitude too because we did a lot of touring and we made quite a bit of money. So I um enjoyed the process it was not painful and what was also a breath of fresh air for me philip was to do comedy because i don't uh, i'm not good at comedy i'm not um known for comedic roles you know i'm a dramatist so it was very very nice to um be able to work with comedians who are natural you know shibara after working with him i worked with oliver samuels who is another great comedian and uh, it really is a gift it's very specific to do with timing and one's personality so uh it's 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 interesting to watch how they work their process and um whatever i can absorb and uh grow from you know and i guess vice versa too yeah why is yeah. it important to get out of your comfort zone because uh that's where the good stuff happens if you're always doing the same thing in the mundane you'll eventually bore your own self eh um you'll get tired of um your own self however i think it's good to have a routine i like the comfort of a routine but uh the comfort zone um it's a uh, it's a uh, mundane <laughs> mm. so when you you see that that 
business about getting out of your comfort zone. You're, you're teaching me a lot here, you know, because I mean, you've done so many maverick things, you know, and oh. that that Hard that helps. Well, you it, are it a helps. big hero too. Yes, you have overcome so much as well, um, well and are such an individual that I I look at with um, awe because you. Uh, have such great composure no matter what is going on and um Thank you. you know you, you know me i i fall apart and uh it's not that you are dishonest with it but you don't um labor others necessarily with personal um private life and um you are a hero a stalwart philip oh million 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 lord jesus no let me let me start now please um tonight's about you not about me <laughs> Okay, um, tonight is about you. Uh, <clears throat> I want to hear about you as a, a sister. I, yeah. I, I was so happy to have met your mother, who I am, you know, really, I uh, really enjoy being with her. But as a, as, as the youngest child, somebody said to me the other day that being a brother or a sister is a role that you play and i and they play, they disagree with me to say that no it's not a role it's something that just happens to you but the point is that some of the roles that we play nah. we don't choose them they yeah, are right. thrust upon us what is it like for you being the last child in the family of so many sisters you want me to be honest <laughs> my my life is i mean my my sisters and i were raised differently because every time they say something about the past i have no idea what they're talking about i have the complete opposite experience in my experience i am the wash belly the wash belly yeah like, man you know what i got philip it's almost like there are no other children but me um no nothing and it is smothering it is a weight that i carry because mm-hmm. i am my mother's eyeball and um so my sisters you know they they look at me a little jaded but i am i i think they think highly of me in what i do but i think they think me um lazy in that i don't do um other things as uh, voraciously Um so <laughs> and, and I, other I, things meaning <laughs> um a 9 to 5 career um, right. having kids um the, the things they have you know um those things are not very important to me um yeah so we I'm very different from my sisters and I will point out that there were four girls and then 11 years and I was born so I grew up alone I am generation X My eldest sister is 20 years older than me, so there's a big gap. They were sort of like aunts around me, very dominant. So I've always had women around me very um dominant, uh bossy, uh but yet women that um were strong and um very influential. And then I went to Immaculate, which was an all-girls school with nuns, and then Immaculate High, more women. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but but you learn to appreciate your role as a last child. Yes, I do. And what um, do you take from that? No, because I, well, what do you? What has that taught you? I think it's taught me to be more quiet and to not show off so much because you're already favored. So it's taught me humility. It's taught me to be introverted. It's taught me to think twice. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I I I think that is My uh, sisters are very academic, um very established and uh, you know, well off. And um I am an actor making $6,000 a show when I do a show. I live at home. I don't have the things they have. So, you know, there's um a little conflict there. But mm-hmm. they um they always want to be around me. and they always mm-hmm. want to see me and talk to me so i think they like me very mm-hmm. much as a person um i think they really do enjoy me but mm-hmm. um i think they really want more for me 
what uh, on their charts. So we're back to the story about the fact that people don't think that theater or the performing arts is a job. Oh it's God, a real career. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it is far from the truth. Yes. We we get to teach people how to live by playing multiple roles. Yes, quite what so. What do you say to people when you are you? You have to now separate yourself from the stage. How do you relate to them? Um, I'm very dry, uh, <laughs> very minimal. <laughs> I feel that, Philip, I feel on stage I'm so spent and so generous that in um, off stage I'm, uh, I try to be more reticent and um, uh, a little bit more possessive of self because You've worked with me on stage. I bear all blood, sweat, tears, guts. Mm -hmm. It is uh, night after night. An actor doesn't live a glorious life. It is excruciating torture, commitment, dedication, nakedness, bravery, abandonment, uh, complete um, isolation at times. And um, so when I get off, I am a little bit more guarded, smart, and um, you know, not so yielding because it is exhausting too. And I've been acting for a long time, especially yes. theatre, which is a uh, um, very, um, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word excruciating, but um, it really uh, gouges you out, eh? Yeah, it really yeah. does. If oh, you're yeah. uh, if you're doing um, some intense work, which I tend to do, my um, my methods and my my uh, my style of working is very intense, and I'm very disciplined, and I have very little tolerance for other actors that don't share same. Um, oh yes, I, I do don't know like, that. Uh, <laughs> right, I don't like um, <laughs> late tardiness, disrespect yeah. for time, disrespect for the director, disrespect for the writer. Um, even the role, if I'm on stage with you and you're chewing gum, um, if you are wearing something on your body that does not serve the purpose of the role, it just drives me crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm overcommitted. It, it drives the people that I live with crazy because they know um, when I'm in work mode. That's, what, that's the next question. That's where I was going to go next because... Yes. I wanted to find out from you, you know, how do you deal with personal relationships? Yes. Uh, well, I've been very blessed. Hmm? I've been very blessed. I've been very lucky in that all my relationships, um, my partners have been very encouraging and very supportive. And I was always encouraged. And um, they assist um, anytime. Um, my girlfriend will do lines with me and... Uh, I think uh, people understand my process. Um, before I go to work, you can't really speak to me because I'm in a sort of zone and uh, I'm getting ready and the drive to work is a preparation. And um, it's, a, it's a, a, the personality of an actor, the personality mm -hmm. of the artist. Um, and I think the only thing that interferes with my work is um, to be interrupted. So. Um, Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that if, uh, if an actor or, or if someone has a paintbrush or a musician is, is uh, having a hard time, that they should be too hard on themselves. Oftentimes we are distracted or being interrupted. Um, so I think that I've been very lucky and very blessed in that the people in my environment and close to me understand my process. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends on Instagram, I'm talking to my friend mailing low uh robert finzi smith is in the house welcome bobby and he she comments he says a very you're a very fascinating human being often misunderstood that's a, that's a mailing hmm. is that so a oh, very nice. fascinating human being often misunderstood and uh my friend zaire is actually recounting white witch he said white witch was a classic ah yes, it welcome was. zaire my friend roberta well, go on. <laughs> welcome. 
we, 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 we're going to talk a little bit about that, but not too much because it's really not about that tonight, you know. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really about the woman. I, I am I'm so enjoying you right now, Melin. I, I just saw Thank you. a snippet of the girl and I'm seeing the girl transforming into the woman. <laughs> and I've never heard anybody talk about one lesson they learn from being a last child is that you learn how to be you learn how to be quiet because you know you're already favored. Wow, because guess what? May I last bit between you? So may I take a lesson from you right here? So right no, now. No, no, it's not a lesson for you because um, I suppose perhaps your experience is different. You, uh, it's, it's specific to the individual. This is what I have learned growing up under um, four women as sisters, older women. Um, you know, I, I had a sister who was uh, in, in a Hollywood movie and um, she starred in Mission Impossible Part 2 with Chuck Norris. And really? Yes, I had a sister who was in the Miss Jamaica. She was still very beautiful. So um, I've had good role models. You know, I've ha I have another sister who is so brilliant academically at math that she skipped out most of high school and got distinctions and honors in mathematics and took over my, my family company when she was like 21 and she's a financial genius. So I've had very good role models. Um, and uh, they have high expectations of, of, of me and of women, you know? So uh, perhaps I misunderstand them. I'm still uh, learning, you know, and growing and also recovering from my misogynist tendencies because of being bombarded with women. Yeah. I lost my dad when I was 21. I have no brothers and uh, there is no male presence, you know, so um, it's... Uh, were, you, were you close to your dad? I was not particularly close to him, but I was extremely uh, influenced by him. Um, he had me very late in life and um, uh, he was always busy at work. And I know that he took the time to uh, make me travel wherever he would go. So I have memories of being 10 and 11 in Amsterdam. Uh, in Hungary, Budapest, uh, he took me wherever he could when he would travel. Um, and all of my artistic uh, impression is from my father. Uh, he would play opera and Gilbert and Sullivan in the house. Because of him, I did 16 years of ballet. Um, he had a great understanding for Shakespeare, Chaucer and all the classics. And he introduced me to um, Coleridge, Hemingway, and a lot of things that I think I've never let go in life. So my father has been extremely um, influential and uh, important to me in my psyche, right. uh, even though I'm alive longer than I have had him. Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, word is on the street that you almost became a legend at Priory High when you were a debater. Oh, yeah. I um, was on the debating team and uh, they asked three questions and uh, I got two right. So I was very ecstatic about that, you know. And um, I remember being uh, 18 uh, at Priory and I told um, Jamaica as a, a young, young girl that I aspire to be a theatre actress one day and sure as shit that's what happened. So that's mm -hmm. what I was saying to you earlier, you have to kind of be careful what you what you, you will. Say. Yeah. The power of your voice, you know, the right. power of your words, they can be, right. they can manifest itself, you know, Quite literally. So. Quite so. Yeah. yeah. What was debating like for you? Because oh. let, me, let me just say this, let me just say this. Uh, the first time I met you, you had, t to me, uh, 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 an assertive nature that came across as, you know, be careful what you say to this woman because if you don't know how to answer her, you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> and, I am and, and I was a debater in high school as well as a date coach. So, you know, I, I, I was like, mm, I, I better know what I'm saying. So tell me about debating at the years of, of that was in sixth form, right? Yeah, but I didn't do too much of that, you know, Philip. It was more school's challenge quiz. I only oh. remember doing, yeah, I only remember doing one or two debates. And I remember the topic, actually, the topic was sports business is everybody's business. That was the topic that I had to debate about and to defend athleticism. And um, I did my research and I had my facts and the gift of the gab and I sure, you know, surely did it um, to the best that, that I could. And uh, but it wasn't something that I 
particularly liked. You know, I like being oratorical, but um, debating not so much. <laughs> yeah. So school challenge quiz. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a pause here. We're talking to Malin Low, uh, artist, intellectual. You know, uh, she is a really great human being. And thank you for really being with me tonight. Uh, it, it's Thanks just having me. It's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenal moment for me right now. And so oh, I want to thank you guys for joining us, joining us and listening to the great Mailing Low. You're never going to get it like this ever again. Oh, yeah. You are something else. <laughs> Philip, you, you, take a juice. Mm. you are over, overly gracious as a Man, host. Mailing. You, you know how, you know, how I'm a miserable backstage, or oh. how I'm a moody, or and all that stuff. So, what you, see, you, what know, you, see, you, you have to understand the artist, me. you know. You have to understand how the artist work, or somebody would say, you have to understand how the beast works. <laughs> right, right, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, your mother. Yes. Now, I mean, you're, 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 you have, uh, you have not had children, but now oh. that you are an adult woman. Do you understand your mother more? Uh, I don't. I don't, Philip. Just today I said, um, I made a comment to my helper. I said, Uno, we have picnic, you know. Waste a time thing. Uno, lodi. Um, I think that it's just a never ending heart tug of war when one has a child. Um, I don't have one. But this is what I've heard, and this is what I witnessed. So um, I think it is the greatest sacrifice um, as a woman to have children, and um, I don't envy them. <laughs> I have a hard time enough as it is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So who who do you think your mother is? Because you said you don't understand her. Uh, give me. Was there a time in your life when? you were just at odds with your mom? Never. Oh, never. She is my best friend, my confidant. Yeah. I, when I say I don't understand her is I don't understand, you know, she had such a, a difficult life. Um, she uh, grew up in Man Mile Gully, Manchester. And uh, my mother was very socioeconomically, uh, very, very poor. And um, her parents had a shop. So she would cut and weigh sawfish at night. She would scrub the floor with coconut husk. She talks about these things. And um, my grandmother was very uh, country, superstitious, Jamaican, white woman, uh, like key in a Bible and read your dreams and tea leaf and this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but my mother was uh, very religious from very early on and very close to the church. And um, I know that things were not easy with her. Uh, she speaks about her past um, with great angst um, and you know she met my father and um, they, they had a better life together and she was able to travel the world and have children and um, establish herself as a, a comfortable woman but um, she didn't have much education I know that she left school when she was about 12 or 13 mm -hmm. so my mother didn't um, read too much. Uh, she says she taught herself typing and shorthand so that she could get a job as a secretary. And she often lauds how beautiful she was when she was young and how um, men, uh, she had several admirers, so to speak. Yeah, but um, I admire her, her past and her struggle very much. What I don't understand is um, the, the amount of kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I guess I have to be—I have to be thankful because if she didn't—if uh, she stopped, I wouldn't be here, eh? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder what you know. You know, some, and that is what—that's why we realize we have purpose because it was yes. meant to be. Yes, it was really meant to yeah. be. You know, yeah. well, we I'll tell you something else, even scarier. Um, my mother was born in 1935. And she says when she was a babe, she went to a graveyard to look at uh, 11 tombs that belonged to babies. And these were her brothers and sisters that never lived. 
So my grandmother had 13 children and only 12 and 13 lived. My, my uncle, Eddie, and my mother were the only two survivors. Back in the day, what? they said it was crib death, baby gets sick, just natural. It was the norm in 1927 and 1925 for babies to just not live very long. So she often talks about seeing 11 very small tombs of her brothers and sisters. So she's the 13th and only surviving girl of my grandmother. Wow. Yeah, so my mother is very special, you know, right. <laughs> to me. Definitely. When when I met her, she 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 does up. She is quite very yes. special. Yes, and my best friend. I'm reminded of the poem by Lorna Goodison. I am becoming my mother. Oh, Do you ever see some of yourself in her? Oh, of course, and um, I see her in me rather. Um, yes. yes. Yes, I do. And um, it's not always good. <laughs> no, why about that? Tell me about that. Well, well you have to remember, um, my mother is old-fashioned and um, she she's a lady and she was raised and has an air of being very gracious and subservient, um, soft-spoken and um, subjugated. And so uh, me, the modern woman in 2020 will not follow in those footsteps of serving men, being quiet, biting my lower lip, um, taking abuse, uh, or anything. So um, we're very different. It's total, it's like a hundred, it's like eight. My mother is 85, 85 runs and still not out. She's mm -hmm. a gem. But um, yeah, but uh, she is. Um, uh, a passive female, uh, quintessential, uh, and um, you know, uh, I played that role and I tried that, and um, it's good to have some of those qualities, Philip. But um, I'm really very tired of women being um, subjugated, oppressed, um, victimized, and also being excluded out of the mainstream world. Um, in history books, there are no women. Who do we have as heroes? Nanny of the Maroons? Joan of Arc? That's not true. There are so many that were never penned. No one ever writ about them. Um, uh, so I'm really, really um, not taking a back seat and I'm not joining that, um, that passive, uh, you know, role that women have been forced to play. Not that I'm going to be aggressive and because that's also very off-putting. Right. But, um, uh, you know, like, for instance, with photography, which I enjoy as a hobby, I try to express a sort of um, sense of uh, right to be here and encouragement to other women, a sense of power, a sense of ownership of self. Um, and there, there are just so many things flying around right now that um, I, see, uh, I see how women treat other women. And, um, you know, it, it, it's very hard because we as women have been brainwashed completely and taught that men are the king, we must serve them. If it's a boy, baby, it's good. If it's a girl, they dump them in some countries still. So um, I'm taking back my femininity and I'm empowering other women too um, to stop doing that. You know, um, I don't want to be... Uh, trodden or walked on and uh, mistreated. Many of you would have known Maylin from the television series Royal Palm Estate where she played uh, Tanya Blackburn. Some uh, of you yeah. have known her from that. Uh, Maylin, being in the limelight, how do you, after being in the limelight for so often, how do you live your life making it not about you? Um, it's funny. Uh, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, I am... You're always a star? Is what you're saying? You're always... Uh... No, no, it's not pretentious. Um, I am very self-absorbed. And uh, I'll quote, I'll quote um, one of my favorite Argentinian poets, um, Fernando Pessoa, and he says that I am completely self-absorbed, but I've forgotten what that means. 
and um i uh live deeply every day um in melin world and uh, it has nothing to do with what's going on in my career really um yeah. you know royal palm estate uh, being in the limelight is 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 kind of funny because it 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 puts you in a position for great criticism and um actors that get those criticisms um my advice to you is not to read them because um a lot of it is very discouraging mm-hmm. and a lot of it is misunderstood it's not constructive criticism it's uh it's almost unkind um so i don't uh, miss particularly uh the limelight you know philip that kind of thing has never really been important to me uh, let me make that clear and you might know but for the viewers um fame is not so important to me and money not so important to me you know yeah what's important to me is to work to do work to create um yeah. i am constantly like i'm i suffer from anxiety because i have so much that i'm trying to accomplish to execute and i just feel like i don't have the time yeah. so i'm writing uh three short scripts at once um i have a uh, some photos i'd like to do conceptual art um there's just a constant um pull uh, of my attention to artistic um things so uh i'm not um lacking you know it's not about how famous i am or how much i earn really i'm really glad to be doing it that's the reward for me bobby bobby says uh bobby's reminding us uh the body is a vessel and what better to fill it with than yourself right yes <laughs> yes you <laughs> reminded me of that when we when we when he was on our show thank you bobby for reminding <laughs> me again yes indeed and and melin that's uh that's a very poignant note because a lot of people think that well for want of a better word persons who are celebrities are so they thrive so much on the popularity you know that is the machinery which they they thrive on and and it's not always the case well you know it 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 feeds your superficial self you know um you it's an ego that's mm-hmm. the ego um and uh you know if you're too young and naive or or am or ambitious or misguided that it, it will fuck you up you know yeah. the fame um yeah. and you we see it happen um uh i don't regret any of the of my past though philip i'm not going to say i'm ungrateful for the boost that royal palm gave to me because i know that being on television it's viewed by millions and when you do a play only 200 people see it right you know so um it really helped put me out there so to speak for you know agents mm-hmm. talents producers so i appreciate that experience yeah um but uh it's 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 one thing you know to me as much as i am praised i will be insulted so uh you have to be careful yeah of, um, what of that. what what grounds you what grounds me well i smoke a lot so um <laughs> usually when i'm smoking i am centered and grounded and um relaxed i am myself <laughs> well, yes yes you know this um <laughs> so um yeah that grounds me um it's uh and i won't say alcohol because that 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 will uh take me on a take me on a journey but just mm-hmm. to do um i think to do basic acts basic daily functions routine is 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 what is grounding for me so i like uh i have my coffee in the morning i like to smoke um i like to get things in order for the day it's it's comforting so that sort of routine and the regime is what's grounding to me <laughs> yeah you, you, you have a friend you have a friend online who says that good weed work and a no. weed just smoke rian and a weed <laughs> yes yes <laughs> no, but no one them no way I smoke man. Chow, okay, they're okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, that that um that 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 grounds me. That grounds. Uh, 
Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, it's fascinating that you are able to, I think, empower yourself the way you have, having gone through all of that wonderful story, being married so young and twice and going through all of that, and having your family and your mother in your life still. I think it's a wonderful privilege. Yes, what is that? What is one thing? There are, there are a number of young people who watch this show from time to time. And I usually ask my guests this question. What would you say to that? What, what's the one thing that you would say to a young person watching now? If out of anything, what is that one thing you'd want them to know? I would say do it, do it. Mm. I would say do it. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't like to give advice, um, especially artistically, because no artist likes advice. Artists tend to be very um, self uh, self absorbed, and um, we have it all down pat. Um, I find that if you are young, you know, if I'm teaching the, the drama kids at AIS game, they're between the ages of 9 and 14, they're very impressionable and um, that's a good time to, to fill the, the, those uh, formative years. Um, it's a good time to give advice, but uh, <coughs> to the viewer here um, and to young thespians or whoever your audience may be, um, anyone who's going to be an artist is going to be an artist. No matter what, if you're going to be an artist, you're going to be an artist, um, regardless. Uh, and any good artist works within their limitations. For example, I don't have a computer now. So uh, this doesn't mean I mustn't write or I can't write. If you don't have um, an assortment of colors and you only have two or the primary colors, it doesn't mean you can't paint. So um, you work with what you have uh, the best you can and the best you can is good enough. And I would say, go for it. Do it. Do it. Always, always, always. Oh, Live a little goodness. dangerously. Yes. I mean, well, no one look dangerously before we, before we end. You know, Milin, you know, it's, it's, where it's almost an hour is up already. Can you imagine okay. that? I know. I've had such a nice time. You've been so calm and thorough oh, with me. Goodness. <laughs> it's been such a wonderful time. And I have to wrap up now because... I just gonna cut me off if I don't wrap okay. up quickly. Right, my love. So you know, I, 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 I want to thank you for you know sharing. You know, and Rayon says thanks so much for that. Rayon is one of my young friends, and he Wonderful. apparently loves what you just said. Do it, okay. yes, Rayon. Yes. Do it. Whatever it is, do, do it. it. Work with what you have. Okay, you may not have everything. Yeah. Work without what you have until you get what you need. All right? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Was there one time, Malin, that you thought, what the hell am I doing with my life? What the hell am I doing with this acting thing? Was oh, there every, day. every day. Every <laughs> day. Every um, <laughs> day. Every day I, I question. Um, every single day uh, you have a mini, um, a little mini nervous breakdown. Um, I'm a consummate artist, Philip, and um, I don't, you know, it's kind of pretentious to say I'm a writer or I'm an actor. The labels of it are, are, are daunting. I prefer to say I act, I write. And, um, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like you, you are a teacher, you are literally a teacher, you mm. know, but um, to say I'm a writer or I'm an actor, it's as if I've mastered something. And uh, there is no mastering. It's a never-ending search for excellence, a never-ending growth process. And the more you grow as a human being, the more your work grows, which is wonderful. So um, I encourage people like to live dangerously, do it, and don't give up. And vicariously, your work will become very interesting and very helpful and inspirational to others. Yes. I love that. <laughs> The more you grow, is the more your work becomes more. Well, the the more you grow as a person, is yes. the more the more your your work artistically grows. Grows. So if you're absolutely in a play, fantastic. the more your character grows. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Because you know what, yeah. 
the 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 the, the role that we played uh, with you as Annie Palmer and me as Taco. Oh yeah, I yes, want yes. to say that yeah. that role at the time of my life. I felt so old because there were there's so much stresses. You don't know the stresses, but Ooh. there are a lot of stress in my life at that time, and it helped really, me yeah. to play that role very well. Really? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow, I didn't know so, that. Yes. I thought you were so young. You're young and fit. Oh you Lord! Know? Oh Lord! I have 11 <laughs> seconds left. Okay. Lots so, Melin, thank you so much. It was Thank my you pleasure. Too,